Welcome to Freedom to Choose from Just As I Am Ministries, a nonprofit providing hope to those caught in the devastation of addiction or who are searching for a better way to live. In this series, The Life, you'll study the life of Jesus. Who is he? What is he really like? Does he care about me? Rich and Susan Collenberg are a husband and wife team who found freedom over two decades ago from their lives of drug addiction and alcoholism. They found biblical answers and now share their experience of freedom on Freedom to Choose. Hello, everyone. My name is Rich Collenberg. And my name is Susan Collenberg. And we would like to welcome you again to Freedom to Choose and our series, The Life. And this is program number 16, entitled The Bread of Life. And uh, we're just thankful that you could be with us. I'm excited about this uh this program today. And Susan, before we get started, would you open with a word of prayer, please? Yes. Our loving Father in heaven, we're so thankful that you have brought us all here today to um, just to discuss and to um, be able to be in awe of your character and how you work through broken vessels to um, repair us, to become people who are ready to enter into the kingdom. We just pray now that you will send your spirit to be with us and to Guide our words, and um, may we honor and glorify you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Susan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, we have, we're going we're gonna to talk about the setting that we're going to be in uh, and kind of the mindset of the people as, as we go through today, the program. Because uh, after feeding the 5,000 and then, and then last program, we talked about uh, Jesus walking on water and how Peter took his eyes away from Jesus and he began to sink and you know all that stuff and and what the what the spiritual application of course of that was and so after all that after after you know the the the, the whole region miracles. is buzzing yeah. right. you know about this guy that fed 5000 people walked on water calmed the storm yeah and so so the people they're carrying their beds and the, and and all that stuff and where they heard he was they t- they go there so after a while he goes our setting is going to be in the synagogue and some people from Bethsaida, Bethsaida had found him and the disciples, and the disciples told the story of how he'd crossed the sea and the rage of the storm and the hours they had spent rowing against the unfavorable winds and all that stuff. Right, and they told them about Christ actually walking on the water and the fears that they'd felt. Then came his reassuring words. Then they talked about Peter's adventure and um, finally the sudden stilling of the storm and the landing of the boat. But believe it or not, this wasn't enough for the people. Many of them gathered around Jesus questioning, Rabbi, when camest thou here? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, so right now the the buzz, the miracles and whatnot, they're still inquisiting. They're, they got inquisitive minds. And, and, and Jesus, he didn't really, um, you know, he can read the heart. Mm-hmm. And so... He didn't gratify their curiosity. He basically said, "Ye seek me not because you saw the miracles, but ye, because you ate of the loaves and were filled." In other words, they didn't look to him to get well spiritually. Jesus said to them, "Labor not for the meat with per- which perishes, but for that which meat which endureth unto everlasting life." What 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 are we talking about here? 
Well, I think that um, many times, you know, especially in our lives and as we walk through our Christian experience, we're looking for everything to go well, you know, for um, change to come, but that the change needs to be positive in our own minds and what our expectations are, as opposed to recognizing that um, this is a broken world and, um, you know, things do not always go as according to our plans and that bad things do happen to God's people. Yeah. I mean, don't you want a smooth ride? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I want, I want, a, I want a smooth ride. Mm-hmm. And Jesus said, you know, you're not following me because you want to change. You're, you're following me because you want a smooth ride. Right. You want the goodies. Of, you want of the what goodies. You, yeah. And 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 I'm sorry, but that's the stuff that's going to perish. What I want to do is I want to work on you. So so of course after he said, labor not for the meat with which perish perishes, then he said, what shall we do? That, well, they after he said, don't don't labor for that meat that perishes, they all said, what shall we do that we might work the works of God? In other words, they'd been doing many things in order to pr- impress God, and I think we all fall into that trap, and they were ready to hear of any new thing that they could do with they, where they could even ob- obtain more favor and more distinction and, 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 and uplift themselves more, make themselves look better. In other words, their question meant, what shall we do that we might deserve heaven? Well, and you know, and just from my own personal experience, when I first became a Christian, I um, I, I think I somehow got it into my mind that I needed to do everything that I was asked to do. You got the dues. I, you know, I, you I paid was, your dues. I was gonna, I was going to, you know, teach the children's program, be on the health ministry, do the this and do that. Saying you got the dues, man. Just to do everything, and the thing is, is that, um, you know, you can't do everything; it'll burn you out. And I think that's just a trap. I think that God wants you to, um, you know, in in prayer with him to find out, you know, just exactly what he would have you to do. Could it be that we don't feel real good about ourselves? Well, and I, and think, I think that's the root. And then if we can just do a We just want to prove. Yeah, we, we need to, especially you're an addict and all you get clean and sober and then you come to a church. And, and this was the hard thing for us is we, we needed to prove ourselves because I mean, where did we come from? Right. But I, and I think too, I think that can happen with anybody. Yeah. You know, you want to prove you, that you're your you know, family. Doing, doing your, you know, you're doing your duty for God and you're making yeah. sure that you're, you know, doing his work. But a lot of times I think it becomes our work and not so much his work. Yeah. Yeah. No, we want that pat on the back and we want, so. Um, right. And so what Jesus says to him, um, you know, when they asked, he said, this is the work of God, that you need to believe on him who who he has sent. The price of heaven is Jesus. The way to heaven is through faith in the Lamb of God, who takes away the sins of the world, John one twenty nine. So what does it mean? Who's Jesus? Jesus is that great physician. Right. And it, it says believe. Believe. So I, I, you know what you said? It's weird that your eyes went right on that, too. I underlined it and said, trust. Trust him. Right. Trust him with your life. Trust him with your mental health. Mm-hmm. Trust him that he will eradicate your hereditary and your cultivated tendencies. What but what are those are big words. What are hereditary and cultivated tendencies towards selfishness? 
Well, I, it's we the have things, a both, right? right? It's the things that we're born with in our okay. genetics. We have tendencies hereditary. Right. What are cultivated? Those are the things that we have practiced over and over again to like or to dislike. And, and we become so, really good at it. Right. And the more we do it, the more we like it, the more we like it, the more we do it. Right. Blah, the better blah, blah, they blah. grow. The better they grow. And mm-hmm. you strengthen those parts of your brain. So, you know, and I know and you know, as, as recovering addicts, the more selfish we got, the more selfish we got. Mm-hmm. You fire those parts of the brain and all you're worried about is you. Right. And you march through life like a, or you don't march through, you, you bulldoze through life, just leaving a wake of destruction because the brain is firing for one reason and one reason only, and that is to protect you. Right. Everybody else, protect you from feelings, protect you from harm, from the law, from everything. Mm-hmm. And it becomes one fearful mess and without the... Drugs or the alcohol, you can't shut the fear up. Right, and just because there's no more drugs and alcohol doesn't mean somebody's life is going to change instantaneously. There's those those habit patterns that have been um, ingrained in us, and oh, yeah. even if it's even if the habit to stop picking up is gone away or to stop drinking is gone away, that's one thing. But the the fear and the um, selfishness can still remain. So a lot of times we get a lot of calls. Well, I don't know why, you know, this is I going keep doing on. This. <laughs> and, and, and it's a matter of um, it's got to be rooted out. It's, it's got to be, be rooted out from the heart. You know, we, you always talk about the bird's nest, Yeah, it's right? got to be untangled. Right. You know, Paul, Paul talks about being untangled in Romans 7. Right. The guy spent, he spent so much time dragging women and children out of homes and had this ugly picture of God that when he changed, he had to he had to look through a new lens, but his old self really needed some untangling. Right. He wanted to do the right thing, but his body had him I mean Right. So he, even though he had that instantaneous change of heart. Right. He still had a brain and a character that needed to be cleansed. Needed to be rewired. Exactly. Just like a computer. He had a virus. He had a virus. And once that virus came in and just kind of took control of his mind, he needed an antivirus. He needed to have that that hard drive wiped clean and then a new system installed. Yeah. And that takes time because it has to be voluntary. God's not going to erase your memories. He's not going to wipe it clean in that sense. How he's going to do it is he's going to replace the bad behaviors with the good behaviors. You can't stamp out sin. You have to crowd it out. And and I think, too, I think that almost think that sometimes the longer it takes, the better it is. It it's almost a, is, yeah. It, you know, it's the same thing like with dieting. If you just lose it so fast, it's going to come back on like double. But if right. it, it's slow and steady and you change the reasons why you're doing what you're right. doing, then, then it, then it um, you know, it sticks. It's long lasting. Yeah. Absolutely. So, you know, and that brings up the question what does the Lamb of God do? Of course, Lamb of God is a metaphor. He takes away the sin. In other words, he doesn't cover it up. Now, now you, you said that God is a great physician. What does a physician do? He takes away the disease, he doesn't cover it up. Covering it up, we call that treating the symptoms. Treating the symptoms doesn't get to the root of the problem. And that's why our works don't do any good, because we don't know what our problem is. All we know how to do through is we go through life treating symptoms. We feel bad, we go buy something. We feel bad, we go gossip about someone. We feel bad, we go buy a bag. We feel bad, we go get drunk. That's how we, we treat We feel bad, we go to church. Go to church and we right. do everything possible. Right. We, and we, we don't let God in and, and, and find out why we feel bad. Right. 
You know, the problem resides right here in you, Rich. It doesn't reside out there with everything that's bugging you. Right. It, it resides with you, mm-hmm. you know. And if I can get that through my head, I'm halfway home. Mm-hmm. I'm the one that needs the help. Mm-hmm. I need a physician to come in and set me right, mm-hmm. you know. And right. i got to be willing to do that. And that's where the he wants to fix those hereditary and cultivated tendencies that we have. He wants to get in there and rewire it. It's a beautiful thing. Absolutely. Because And that's that's a changed character. You know what? That's a changed character for eternity. It's not just a temporary thing. It's it's you, you know, I can look back into that dark tunnel of of who I used to be way back when and um you know that person almost doesn't really exist anymore. It's you know right. it true. I tr- truly believe that I am a new creature, that the old things have passed away. Yeah. Um. There's still a whole lot more that still needs to be passed away. Yeah. But the I root can, cause of the stuff, you know. And but I can trust that. Um. I can trust my physician is going to continue to treat my disease, and that as long as I work in 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 concert with him, in you know communion with him. Then I can trust. He's he's never lost a case. He's right. the great of, of, of a patient that trusted him. Absolutely, he is. You know, he's he's he bats a thousand. So you don't need to know the medical journal in order to get healed by the doctor, right? No, so I just in the I, same way you don't have to know everything God right. knows. All you need to know is you got to trust Him when He puts you through something. And when the prescription comes, take it. I got to take, <laughs> right? take it. Right? Trust Whether, Him. Absolutely. Whatever yeah. that prescription may be. Yeah. You know, a lot of times it's it's really painful and you got major side effects when you're taking a prescription. Yeah. But yeah. in the long run, it's it's going to be for a healing purpose. You know, sometimes um, I think one of the one of the things that can that we can all identify with is that sometimes we have a dislike for somebody um, and it we have a struggle with that. But the reality is, is that God doesn't want us to dislike people. He wants to, us to be able to look at that person as his child and to pray for that no person. Brother, yeah. And, you know, if you know, sometimes that's a really hard prescription hard to take. It's a hard prescription to take. Especially if they've done damage to you in your life. And so to be able to, you know, you take the prescription of, okay, I've got it, you know, somehow this resentment and anger needs to be rooted out. What is the prescription? The prescription is you've got to pray for that person as, yeah. as for every, that they receive everything in their life that you receive in your life. Yeah. And it's really hard um, if that hate is rooted in the heart. Yeah, because that's, that's, the, that's the root of the disease, and we'll try to, you know, and, and I think that's one of the reasons why we, he wants to root out the hereditary and cultivated tendencies towards selfishness is because there'll be no gossip, there'll be no alcohol in heaven, there'll be no gossips in heaven, mm-hmm. there'll be no, no hate. Macy's, there'll be no hate. So if we like to live in that environment, we have to be that kind of person. We're choosing that, and there are there are beings watching us right now saying, I think that one person likes the world and their own selfishness a little bit more. See, they already had that problem up in heaven once. Mm-hmm. They're not going to go through that again. But know? I think the good news is, is that, you know, we're all in that process. Yeah, yeah. We're perfect at every stage of growth. Absolutely. As long as we're choosing to trust God in all these things. Uh, I know where a lot of our problems can come from is we read the Bible as kind of a code book mm. to what to do and what not to do. If we do that, we're going to end up with a bunch of contradictions because God is treating different people with different symptoms all through the Bible. 
And right. it appears like the Bible contradicts itself. Sometimes he thunders from Mount Sinai, and otherwise he's he's asking he's gonna he's gonna say I'm gonna gather you like a hen gathers her her chicks, and I'm gonna speak softly to you in the uh, in the still small voice. I'm not in the wind or the thunder. Well, he's speaking to different types of rebellious children, different times all the way through the Bible. And so you can't read it as a code book and say this is how we need to act because it's God acting different ways with different patients well, all the way through. Absolutely. And you see those different patients. What I love the most, and and I heard a speaker um, over this past weekend that brought it up again, and I think we've spoken about, um, but they were talking about church and about um you know, who do you allow in your church and everything? And they were like, well, what if, what if you had a man that, um, that, uh, he was a church pastor and he, um, committed adultery with the elder's wife and then had the elder killed, what would you do? What would you do? Yeah. Would right. you take, yeah. I mean, disfellowship and what do you do? Exactly. Right? But that, that person in the Bible is David. Yeah who was a man after God's own heart. And so I think that, you know, if we can look and see that God takes those broken vessels, those imperfect people, those dreadful, murderous people, but yet can change him and and changes us, that's, that's the thing that I think the overall um, writing message that God is trying to get through to us. He can change our brokenness and our and our fearful and our hateful hearts into a heart of love and thankfulness. Yeah, and, and God is so good in that regard. You remember, David had grown from a shepherd all the way to a king, a very proud king, to where he could actually murder his own general and take his wife. Right. And so what God does— is, is, is fascinating. He goes in and he gets David's mind all the way back to that shepherd boy. Mm-hmm. And he talks about parable. the ewe lamb with right. that parable. That Nathan came and in. And so right. David's prescription was to go back in time and be that that shepherd again and think and to judge the situation as a shepherd loving his sheep would. And David did that and he took the prescription when Nathan said, that man is you. It hit home, and David accepted that prescription, that that was him. And he said, you're right, God. You are right about this. You are so right. He could have denied that. Right. He could have said, I'm king of Israel. Hold like, on. Like King Saul like did. Like Saul did, right. see? But David took the prescription. It came in, and it came in in form that just ripped David's heart out. And David had to make a choice. It was David's choice to fall down on his knees and repent and 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 say yeah i am that guy you create, are you right you need to guy. create a new heart and a right spirit within me and and there was also so much collateral damage oh you know from israel his, got spun out of control absolutely after so that. you know what the thing is is there is so much collateral damage on this planet yeah you know there's so much pain and so much heartache and god is saying please i'm not the one that is the cause of it i am i i my gift is eternal life my gift is to give you restoration yeah. You know, I'm I'm the one that wants to save you from this and save yeah. you from yourself yeah. ultimately from ourselves. Yeah. So that's what he wants to do. That was that was Jesus's work was to heal people between our ears. Yeah. You know, he um he um he had not was you know, it's it's selfishness that um that pe- they were people were looking at towards his work. They were coming from a selfish place saying, mm-hmm. I want, you know, heal, heal me because I've seen you do all these miracles. I'm here for the miracles. Yeah. 
you know, not for the everlasting change. Yeah, yeah, and you know, and they and then where they were talking about the, they they were the the, the rabbis and them were talking and they were they were all excited about and and kind of bragging about you know our father Moses, uh, f- we got fed manna in the wilderness. You know, you, what about you? And Jesus is saying, well, I'm the bread that comes down, but it has nothing to do with feeding you uh, physically. physically. I'm the bread that comes down and it and it heals you spiritually. And, of course, the metaphor is, he says, assimilate my life into yours, just like you would eat bread and assimilate, then it becomes in. a part of mm-hmm. you. If you if we worship and admire Jesus, his character actually becomes a part of us, mm-hmm. you know? And, of course, when we're watching or looking at the wrong things, that changes our character in a bad way. So Jesus, that's why he's the only way. Right, and so when he claimed to be the one sent by God, but he refused to be Israel's king— it was really a mystery that they couldn't handle. You know, they were yeah, they, they, refused, they were so set. Right. They refused to to listen to him and to accept him for who he was. And so a lot of people just came to the conclusion that um that he was confused about his mission. And so the seeds of Satan had borne fruit and there was misunderstanding and defection at that point. Yeah. And you know, and, and of course a lot of times they they went back to that that you know, our fathers did this and our fathers did that. And, but and, but and, doesn't that sometimes happen to us? You know, why isn't God healing me? Yeah. Why is God allowing me to walk through this pain? It's, you know, he's supposed to save me from this. And it's, I think we get so caught up in the temporal. Yeah. I mean, it's easy for me to say, but I think. Yeah, no, it is. It, and it's it's hard, especially when you're going through the tough one. Right. You know, and I'm sure that God, you he wants you to tell you how, how tell him how you feel. Be honest I mean, with him. I mean, a mother losing his, her child and is confused. He doesn't want something fake. He no. wants he wants that mother. He, he wants her to say exactly what she's feeling. Right. You know, so that he can quote unquote put his arm around her and say, "I would feel exactly the same." Mm-hmm. But let me. If you only could see the end from the beginning, right? If you could only trust me a little longer, I'm mm-hmm. sure that's what God would say. Please just trust me a little longer. Mm-hmm. You'll see that it all—it's all, all going to work out. And uh, so, it was Jesus, of course, who led the the Hebrews through the wilderness. So it, it's kind of funny that um, that when they refer back to, you know, our fathers and who led us through the you know that rock was Christ, right? That that water that when he Moses right. struck the rock, that rock was Christ. Right. Moses didn't have the power to bring manna down from heaven. No, it was Christ. So Jesus is kind of imagine how God had to condescend to us, has to condescend to us, and um, to try to meet us where we're at. Yeah. It's kind of like a um, you know you you see mothers that kind of try to um, condescend to teach a, a two-year-old or a three-year-old yeah. and it's even you know even more so with um, you know God trying to teach us as human beings yeah I like the I like the uh, the 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 uh, picture of where do you hide from a three-year-old child in plain sight right right and God is hiding in plain sight he is mm-hmm. he's right there. Everything testifies of that. And even though it doesn't look right now like he's in control, he knows exactly what's going on. He knows why the planet is the way it is. 
It's because we've chosen a different leader. Mm-hmm. And he's letting us see and everyone else see what happens when we choose the wrong leader. Right. And that's, it's prophesied about, it's going to happen, it is happening, and it's not pretty, and I'm sure it makes God cry. Mm-hmm. But everyone has to choose. As for me, my house, I will choose the Lord. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, and there's there's so many texts in the Bible about being prideful about this whole thing. You know, he who thinks he stand, take heed lest he fall. We have to trust God that he's going to come into our heart and, and, and do the work. And it's a daily walk. It's a daily walk. It's not walk. something we do and then we can walk away from it. It's something right. we get strengthened every single day. That's right. Well, folks, we're going to have to wrap it up again. Um, you can you can go to our website at www.justasiamministries.com. Uh, if you need resources, we have books, and uh, we can get out to you. And also, there's these programs are on that website. And uh, give us a call, 916-645-1297. And remember, folks, there's only two ways to live your life. One is like nothing is a miracle. The other is like everything is a miracle. And you have the freedom to choose. Thank you for listening to Freedom to Choose. There is truly hope for people whose lives seem to be overrun with problems, unhealthy relationships, or even imprisoned by some form of addiction. Rich and Susan Kallenberg are living testimonials that biblical principles do work. They've authored resources available to move those you love toward freedom. If you'd like to order the Addiction Recovery Workbook, Seven Steps to Freedom, or the book, Could It Be This Simple, The Way Out of Your Prison? Please call Rich and Susan at 916-645-1297 or go to justasiamministries.com. As a nonprofit, they are supported by people like you. 916-645-1297 or justasiamministries.com. Thank you for listening. And remember, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you.